at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are glad that you have joined us on this Communion Sunday. Let us now join our hearts and our minds together as we sing, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Oh, oh. 
In the silence of our hearts or in spoken words, let us give thanks for the gift of this day and pray for the life of the world. Gracious, loving God, we gather together today in worship and celebration as we mark the beginning of the month of pride and in for all LGBTQIA people. We are the people of God. We are the people of liberation. Let us not forget those for whom liberation is not yet complete. We remember the many who still face oppression and marginalization in our world. Help us to find a path forward where each of us may live our lives honest to who we are with grace and empathy for one another. May the difficult times we have all experienced and the times of strife in our communities, countries and world nurture compassion in our hearts for others who struggle, especially for those whose hardships are different to our own. May the strength we learn in our darkest hours help us to carry one another forward when their time of need is at hand. When our society tells us we have no worth, help us not to believe the lie and guide us too away from words that may diminish our neighbor. Each one of us knows that there are times when we are not the best reflection of ourselves, moments of short tempers, prejudices we hold, or old injuries of the spirit that surface in hard ways. Guide us to be gracious and compassionate with ourselves and with each other as we learn and grow with patience and care. This morning we draw near to you, God, to pray for those who face sickness and infirmities. We pray for those who sit in hospital rooms with no one to visit them. We pray for those who suffer from diseases that are ravaging the world. We pray for those who are suffering from the sicknesses of racism, classism, sexism, homophobia, and all other sorts of isms and phobias that pervert the mind and soul. We pray for those who have lost people that they love, all of those who are in mourning. We also pray for those whose hearts are cold and dead to the injustices and sufferings around them. We pray for the hungry this morning. We pray for those who inhabit our streets with no homes, for those who are always looking for where their next meal will come from. We pray for the thirsty. We believe that you are the giver of living water. May we be the purveyors of such. We pray for the naked this morning. May we be the ones who clothe them. We pray for all who sit alone in prison this morning and have no one to visit them. We pray for their liberation. We pray for all who are victims of marginalization and oppression. We pray for those suffering under the weight of injustice. We pray for those who are the victims of hate. May all be liberated by your love and may we not rest until we have broken down all those systems of impression and injustice in our world. We ask all this in the name of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We are glad that you have joined us for worship this morning. There are just a couple of announcements. Uh, this afternoon at 2 o'clock is our conversation, A Bigger Table. If you are interested in being part of that and it's not too late, email RebDenise at HollywoodUMC.org uh, so that you can uh, receive the Zoom link to join in that conversation. And then on June 20th, 
Um, that will be Reverend Denise's, it's just going to be Reverend Denise Day that day. Uh, we are going to celebrate her and her ministry among us. She will be preaching for us that morning. Then from 1 to 2 p.m., we will have a drive-through celebration in our parking lot. So I hope all of you will get in your cars and come down to the Hollywood campus uh, and celebrate Reverend Denise with us as she heads off to her new dual appointment as the part-time associate director of Connectional Ministries for Justice and Compassion and also uh, as the pastor of the Crescenta Valley United Methodist Church. We're going to miss her and we're going to love her, but we're going to love her up from now until June 20th. All that we do is made possible by you, by your prayers and your presence online for now, your service, your witness, and your financial gifts. We continue to struggle a bit during this pandemic. Uh, as it is winding down, we still are in need of your regular financial giving. So I pray that you will give as the Spirit leads. May God bless you.
a reading from the Gospel of Mark, 2.23 to 3.6. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look what they are doing. What is not, well, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abathar was high priest, and he ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come forward. Then he said to them, Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around at them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart, and he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. Word of God, words of life, thanks be to God. Welcome to Pride Month at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are all created in God's good image, and it is in God that we live and we move and have our being. During this Pride Month, we will celebrate that God loves all of us without exception, and that each of us, lesbian, gay, trans, straight, queer, non-binary, is fearfully and wonderfully made. Today, we begin our Pride Sermon Series by talking about compassion and inclusion and how God is grieved when our actions, both personally and collectively, reflect a hardness of heart toward others. Our scripture reading from the Gospel of Mark is really a two-act play in which Jesus and the Pharisees have, let's say, a conversation. In Act 1, Jesus and the disciples are walking through a grain field, and when they get hungry, the disciples break off a bit of the grain for a snack. The trouble is, it's the Sabbath, and doing any sort of work, including picking a few grains to munch on, is just not permitted. The Pharisees say to Jesus, hey, why aren't you telling your people to stop? Better yet, why didn't you stay home yesterday and prepare food to bring with you on this journey so that picking food on the Sabbath wouldn't be an issue? Well, Jesus responds with the story of David and then reminds the Pharisees that the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, the requirements of the Sabbath could and are superseded when confronted with an even greater need or value. In this case, providing sustenance for Jesus and the disciples. Now, in Act 2, same day, Jesus enters the synagogue and sees a man with a withered hand. Mark tells us that the Pharisees were watching to see what Jesus would do. Would he heal, them? Would he heal him on the Sabbath? 
If he does, then the Pharisees will judge that Jesus is willfully disobeying the law of God. I mean, he's already told them he's Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus told the man to come forward, and then Jesus asked the Pharisees, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? Then Mark continues the story, saying they were silent, and Jesus looked upon them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart, and he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. And then the story ends. It's just 79 verses into the Gospel of Mark when the Pharisees and the Herodians, who weren't religious folk, but they were allies of Herod and they were politically aligned with the Pharisees, all decided on a plot on how to destroy Jesus. Now there are several pieces of this story to unpack. First, let's note that Jesus does not reject the concept of the Sabbath nor does he say we shouldn't observe it. He doesn't reject the law or the authority of the Pharisees. You see, they weren't bad people. They were actually good people, religious people, trying to protect those laws and rituals that helped to define their faith. Jesus simply asked the question, is upholding the rule about the Sabbath, as the Pharisees were choosing to define it, the most loving, the most compassionate way of being? Because for Jesus, the answer was no. And that brings me to the second thing. Jesus is asking the Pharisees to look at the chief objective of the law, which is to save and to preserve life. Matt Skinner from Luther Seminary has written, What better day is there than the Sabbath? A day meant to promote God's commitment to humanity's well-being for the restoration of a man's malformed hand. Jesus' Jewish contemporaries would not have found his basic perspective especially troublesome. Saving life overrules the Sabbath, according to ancient rabbinic tradition. He then goes on to note that while this man's life was not in danger, his ability to work, to provide for his family, that was surely in question. By healing his hand, you see, Jesus was also restoring him to a fullness of life beyond his body. He was restoring him to wholeness, to dignity. Hence the urgency that Jesus saw to offer healing right now because the kingdom of God is near. But I think that theologian Debbie Thomas gets us to the heart of this passage. In her writing, traditional and disturbing anti-Semitic interpretations of this lection pit a rigid, legalistic Judaism against Jesus. But that reading, in addition to being harmful and inaccurate, lets us off the hook way too easily. The Pharisees in this story are not a stand-in for Judaism. They are a stand-in for all convictions, values, traditions, commitments, doctrines, absolutes, proclivities, preferences, and essentialisms no matter how cherished or noble or well-intentioned, that stand between us and compassion. In other words, the question this story asks is not what was wrong with first-century Judaism, but instead, what have we here and now ossified at our peril? What mortal, broken thing have we deified 
instead of love? Who or what have we stopped seeing because our eye has been blinded by our own best intentions? What are we clinging to that is not God? What are we clinging to that is not God? Family as a nation, we are clinging to a type of fundamentalism that in many cases manifests itself as a solution in search of a problem. Just one example among many. In April, CNN reported that 33 states have introduced 117 bills that aim to curb the rights of transgender people across the country, with advocacy groups, including the Human Rights Coalition, calling 2021 a record-breaking year for such legislation. Many of these bills, including one in Florida that was signed on June 1st, the beginning of Pride Month, they would affect transgender youth a group that researchers and medical professionals warn is already susceptible to high rates of suicide and depression. These types of legislation, which mostly deal with sports and with healthcare, it's exactly the opposite of life-giving and affirming. This type of legislation seeks to erase rather than to expand the value of transgender persons who are beloved in the kingdom of God. I believe that Jesus is grieved by this hardness of heart and calls us to be witnesses to moving forward inclusive of all God's children. Amen? Say that at home. Amen. Amen. I believe also that Jesus is grieved by the hardness of heart of Christians who use the Bible as a weapon to dehumanize or devalue others, especially the LGBTQIA community. As the psalmist says, we are each fearfully and wonderfully made, and God loves each of us without exception. Now, of the six or seven clobber passages in the Bible regarding same gender relationships, none of them refer or pertain to committed, loving relationships or marriages. None of them were said by Jesus, and none of them stand on their own when placed in context of the culture of the time in which they were written. Yet, for too many Christians, and entire denominations, these handful of passages are clung to and pronounced as the absolute law and will of God, when we know with absolute certainty that to elevate the law above love was not at all what Jesus was about. The reality is that the Bible is neither inerrant or infallible, but rather it is the inspired word of God given to humans who interpreted the spirit in their own culture and context. In other words, the word of God is found within the words of the people who wrote down the poetry, the letters, the texts that make up the Bible. And because it was written by humans, it has elements which do not reflect the timeless will of God or the heart of God but instead they reflect the norms of the day in which they were written. So it becomes up to us to wrestle with it and decide which portions are driven by humanity and in which parts we can feel God's spirit breathing through them. It's pretty easy to tell the difference. The ones that draw the circle wide to include all God's children, the ones that do not grieve God's heart because they exclude others, the ones that place love above all else 
these are the ones that we are called to live out as followers of the risen Christ. Finally, I believe that Jesus is grieved by the hardness of heart of United Methodists who both you use both the Bible and the Book of Discipline as weapons to dehumanize and devalue our LGBTQIA family members. In 2019, our General Conference, the top lawmaking body of the United Methodist Church, in a special session adopted a strident reactionary structure, a traditionalist plan that further harms our LGBTQ brothers and sisters and those churches that are open and affirming. At the conclusion of that session, I wrote in part that we wept at the name-calling, the disparaging, the blatant politics on full display. The actions of this general conference were not the will of most United Methodists. Instead, overt forces in and outside the UMC disallowed holy conferencing, replacing it with a reactionary cloaked in piety appeal to scriptural authority to achieve a political outcome. The general church has remained intransigent on LGBTQ ordination and marriage equality. Instead of the church propelling us into the future, it has retreated us into the past, as if the glory days of large, white, traditional families attending church will somehow magically return. History tells us they won't. The United Methodist Church of the past is no longer. So what does that mean for us, the people called Methodist, going forward? Well, at this point, the next general conference, which was to have taken place in 2020, is now scheduled for late summer 2022. Our CalPAC delegation and others have continued to meet and pray and discern how God's inclusive and affirming church can be given life after nearly 50 years of policies and procedures that take away life rather than infuse it. Those who want to cling to their own interpretations of the law and place even greater restrictions into the Book of Discipline have created a new structure, a new church with a new name, and some United Methodist churches have begun to break away. But what does that mean for us here in Hollywood and at Harmony? At both of our campuses, we have forged a community where all are welcome, where love knows no bounds, and where hate is not a Christian value. Over the past decade and a half, we have grown more intentional in our proclamation of God's love for all, with all meaning all, and none of that is going to change. And I hear the chorus of amens. And while we are already anticipatorily grieving the reappointment of Reverend Denise. We should rejoice that her work on the conference staff, she will be our voice, our voice for always putting love as a priority over the law, for putting justice, for, excuse me, for pursuing justice with integrity, and for drawing the circle to include everyone always, and for that, we give God thanks. As we prepare now to gather around the table that Jesus set for each of us and for all of us, let us give thanks by living out the hope, love, and restoration that Jesus the Christ offers to us. Because when we do, God's heart will not be grieved, 
but will rejoice. Amen. When Jesus walked among us, he taught us by examples, standing up for women and children, reaching out and touching the untouchables, healing the sick, and welcoming those who had given up all hope of ever being included. Through these lessons and actions, we are able to see a way to achieve not only freedom for all those with whom we share this meal, but the steps we need to take to the liberation of the entire world. We learned that we will not achieve peace and inclusion through, for all through violence, hatred, or oppression, but instead through our own actions of showing kindness to our neighbor, standing up against all injustices, loving those who hate, and showing this love to every person, one heart at a time. It is in this simple yet sacred act of dining together, sharing the cup and bread, where we are to see one another as beloved by God. We are assured of all this because on the night before he gave up his life for us, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you, broke it, and shared it with his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After dinner, he took the cup gave thanks to you and shared it with his disciples saying, take and drink this all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Please pray with me. 
Gracious and loving God, pour out your Holy Spirit. We pray on these gifts of bread and cup and on all those gathered together to share this meal. Make them for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ. Send your Holy Spirit into us that we may see and treat each other as members of the same body. Christ's hands and feet and heart sent for the healing of the world. Amen. Body of Christ given for you. The cup of life, the cup of forgiveness. Amen. As we prepare to leave this place today, may we remember that we are not only the hands and feet of Christ, but also the heart of Christ, reaching out to all in love, understanding, and kindness. 
So leave here today knowing that the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit are with you now and always. Amen.